Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. And also check out Picks and Parlays on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We stream the show live every weekday, and we also have all kinds of fun stuff on all of those social media platforms. If you search Picks and Parlays uh, on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, we're really easy to find. And we also appreciate your feedback. Uh, we've got a great show lined up on this Tuesday, September 10th. Monday Night Football wrapped up. I believe it's week one. I believe Monday Night Football counts as week one uh, in the NFL. So the NFL put a bow on week one with two games last night. Raiders winning over the Broncos 24-16 and the Saints beating the Texans, outlasting them uh, in a wild finish 30-28. to So both the favorites didn't cover, uh, judging by the lines that I got. The Raiders, I mean, I don't think anybody thought that they were going to do anything, especially with the Antonio Brown scandal that's been brewing for the past couple of weeks. But somehow, John Gruden's squad is 1-0, and I suppose that's all that matters. Saints and Texans, everybody thought that the Saints, you know what, Saints at home, they're really good, although the Saints and openers have not been great. Uh, statistically, the Texans took it down to the wire uh, and if you had Texans money line in that game, my heart goes out to you because that was a tough loss. Uh, we've also got college football on the docket today. Uh, a couple of games that are good rivalry games because this week has zero top 25 matchups, but that doesn't mean there's not going to be good football. And that certainly doesn't mean there's no money to be made. Uh, same can be said for baseball because we've got daily action when it comes to our MLB picks and we've got a couple winners on, on deck for you guys. College football, I think, will be interesting this week. Uh, Pitt and Penn State, Iowa at Iowa State. Those are two big rivalry games. Uh, Penn State is favored by a lot over Pitt. So I think uh, the issue for them is can they cover. Iowa State and Iowa, I believe that's almost a pick em game. Always a great rivalry. And we've got plenty of analysis and ways to bet those games coming up on today's show. As I mentioned, a lot to get to. And after the break, we're starting off, lead off with baseball with Chip Cherimbus. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, and also on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. Also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Picks and parlays. If you search us, we're really easy to find. We've got Chip Trimbus joining us for our leadoff segment of some baseball because, believe it or not, it still is baseball season. Yep. I know everyone loves football, but there's still plenty of money to be made uh, when it comes to 
MLB. Yeah, I agree with you. And you know, Chelsea, I actually was a leadoff hitter in my day oh, as a player. Oh, you know, steal any bases? Yes, <laughs> I, was, I was a switch hitter, very quick. But um, baseball right now, it's coming down to crunch time with the, right. with the wild card bursts at stake here. And we have teams who were expected to get there, Chelsea, like Philadelphia, right. who was the favorite, right. who's scrambling for a place. And they're playing against the hottest team in the National League right now, the Atlanta Braves. I mean, the, the Braves have been running off streaks. We were talking about how baseball right. is a game of streaks, and they had run seven or nine in a row. But Chelsea, they've won 57 of the last 83. They're and that's, the hottest team in is, baseball since the break. They may actually like. be a, a, a huge contender in the National League to take the Dodgers down, who everyone expects to walk over. Well, because in baseball, it's all about getting hot at the right time. And it seems like the forces are aligning for the Braves because traditionally yep. the Braves have been really good in the regular season, but when it comes to the postseason, they seem to crumble. So hopefully for Braves fans and those tortured Atlanta fans, you know, hopefully things turn around for them. Well, but let's get back to yeah. Uh, well, they have a very underrated pitching staff. They have Max Fried going today, right? Sixteen and four. Um, you have Keuchel, who's now been added to the staff, and Soroka. Right. Um, those three guys are putting this team in a situation where they really don't have the pressure to score a lot of runs, and yet they have a great lineup. I was going to say, the they don't right. even need to because their lineup has been so hot that um, they even, I mean, their their weakness has been their bullpen and their starting rotation in some of those games because when it comes uh, after their number three starter, there's been some, right. some rotation when it comes to their four and five starter. Even though last night we saw a really good start uh, from Mike Fultonevich, who was an all-star okay. last year, but he spent time he's, in AAA this yes, year. Yes, yeah, he struggled this season, no question about it. Maybe it was a sophomore jinx, but if he comes back to form, they're really going to be formidable. Now, they're up against Jason Vargas and the imposter Philadelphia Phillies. Um, we know our main man from Las Vegas, and, uh, Bryce Harper. He's in and out. He, his wife had a child, or he, I guess the family had a child. Missed a, missed a little time, but Vargas has been very inconsistent. He's had four starts, Chelsea, where you only give up two runs, but in the other three starts, he's given up like 14 runs. So the odds here, $1.65 on the road, I think they're telling you prohibitively the Braves are the side here. Um, Philadelphia's three games in back of the Cubs. They need this game desperately, but I don't think they have enough. Minus 165 is kind of high Huge. odds. Huge. I wouldn't lay it myself personally, would but it would be the side. Would you consider a run line bet? Um, I don't like to play that, Chelsea, because I hate to have a team that I think is going to win, win the game, and I lose the bet. I just don't like playing the run line. I'm sorry. So I, I would pass myself personally, but if I had you put a gun to my head and force me to make a selection in this game, I'm going to lay Atlanta because they are right now the much better baseball team. Right, and Jason Vargas has had issues going past five because he has been decent sometimes. It's just the issue uh, is that he doesn't go deep in games, and it, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get when it comes to this Philadelphia. He, he was bit. abominable in New York. He had seven starts now with Philadelphia, and they've won four of those seven starts. So he hasn't been absolutely horrible, but like we said, inconsistency is uh, his problem right now. Right. Okay, so let's move on to the Mets and the Diamondbacks. Zach Wheeler going for the Mets. Uh, he is 10-7 and seven with a 4-3-3 ERA, 4-1 and one, uh, with a 3-4-2 in eight starts since coming off the IL. Zach Gallen going for the Diamondbacks. He came over from the Marlins, and man, what a pickup he's been. Uh, two and one with a 2-2-5 ERA since coming over from Miami, and that's not a name a lot of people know, no. but they might know soon because he's been doing big things for the Diamondbacks in this team that nobody really expected to be competing. We were talking about yeah, this we before the show. we were talking about that before. Uh, how last season the Diamondbacks were kind of all in and just crumbled in September, but this year, it's been young guys, but somehow the Diamondbacks are right in the thick of things when it yeah, comes to the wild cards. They're six games over 500, or two and a half in back of the Cubs for that wild card spot. The Mets are four back. And, um, you know, 
you, like we said, they got rid of Goldsmith, they got rid of Grinky, and here they are, and they're still competitive here. Right. I, I think it's a great tribute to them and to their effort, of course. But this Zach Gallen, like you mentioned, he's been unhittable since he's been here. I mean, he's gone 68 innings, only given up 52 hits. But Chelsea, in his last 19 innings, he's only given up 12 hits. And that's really mowing him down. You know, right. Now people get on base. His ERA is 2.5. And, you know, conversely here, we have Zach Wheeler, who's we saw out here in Las Vegas. Well, you weren't here at the time, but I saw him a number of times um, for this, out in Las Vegas for the 51s. But he's 10-7 and seven with a 4.33 ERA because the Mets have given him a lot of support in his starts. He's got almost six runs a game. Three and one against Arizona overall with a 2.82 ERA. And I think Chelsea, that's why the Mets are a $1.35 favorite here. But, you know, I wouldn't mind taking a piece of Arizona here, a little bit of an underdog. Right. I think they're a live dog here with, with Gallon on the mound. And um, I'm really not a big uh, supporter of Wheeler as of yet. I think he's been way too inconsistent, much like, say, Vargas said we were just spoke right. about. Uh, that last stat kind of worries me, the 3-1 and one against Arizona. I think that's why the line is as high as it is, because the Mets have really the fallen back. The Mets are back. favored in this one. Right. The Mets well, are they're favored at home, too. Yeah. And, um, you know, they've fallen back since they had that great rush. I mean, they were got the high of six or seven games over 500, and now they're back to 73-70. and 70. Big game for the Mets. Big game for Arizona as well. Wild card implications either side. I lean toward taking the dog here. I would take the Diamondbacks if I was to play the game. Right, and you get a little value, and I think that's, uh, even if it was a pick em, I think the Diamondbacks would be right in it. Uh, let's move on to the Giants and the, Pi uh, the, the Pirates, excuse me, uh, Johnny Cueto, he of the funny motion, yeah. who tries to throw off all these people. Uh, first MLB start since July of 2018. Think about so that. So kind of a wild card for the Giants, uh, but he is 20-4 and four, uh, with a 219 ERA and 30 career starts against the Pirates. However, I mean, that's over the years, and that's different Pirates teams. So I don't know how much stock you right. can place and, in you know, that. You know, you said um, he's the wild card for the Giants, but there's no wild card implication in this matchup no. between the Giants <laughs> and the Pirates. No. Don't be misled by that. No, and, you know, the, the pitching matchup, I mean, he's, Johnny Cueto's got to be the storyline here. I mean, he hasn't right. pitched, like you said, since a year ago, July. But, you know, um, under his last eight starts at home, believe it or not, San Francisco has gone one and seven in his last eight home starts. Hmm. That's good, dating back to last year. And um, San Francisco's now four and ten in their last 14 overall. But Chelsea, they get to face Mitch Keller. Who's one and three <laughs> with an 818 uh, eight, ERA. 818 eight, ERA and an 11.21 ERA on the road. He's given up 50 hits, Chelsea, in only 33 innings. And in his last eight starts, Pittsburgh has managed to win twice. That's still only a 25% ratio. I don't see it. But, you know, you have to be afraid of Cueto here because, um, you, know, you know, how long is he going to go? Right. right. And in his last 10 starts at home, as a matter of fact, they've gone 7-1-2 and two to the over. And he's 6-0 and oh to the over in his last six starts. And overall, the Giants at home against a team with a losing record, I dug this one up, Chelsea. They're 16-5-3 against teams of losing records at home going over the total. Pittsburgh 9-3 in their last 12 over. We're gonna, on the road. We're going to play Pittsburgh and San Francisco to go over the total. Weak pitching on San Francisco. I mean, weak pitching on Atlanta. And the Giants are going to have a pitcher who isn't, we don't know how long he's going to last. Right. His first start in 18 months. So I play this game to go over the total. Well, do you know the line on that one? Eight and a half was the total on the game. It was the opener. 
Oh, okay. So that's actually a pretty low number. It, it's not bad because I think it's because the the Giants Park is not a, a place and, where people normally and not only that, these aren't runs. the two most powerful hitting teams in right. baseball either. So, um, but they can score runs for sure. They're major leaguers, and I expect the well, I, that I could only be a, a five four ball game, which Why is not, not a, a high scoring game. But that makes us a winner. Right. right. So, <laughs> all right, taking the under in that one. Uh, let's recap our other picks. Taking the Diamondbacks over the Mets, correct? We're going to take the Diamondbacks and the price. We think we're getting great value there. Um, right. The inconsistency of Zach Wheeler. And um, Gellin has been pitching so well for Arizona. I, you might as well go with the hot arm. I mean, right? You go with the hot bats, you go with the well, hot arm. Well, and you get some value, too. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, the Mets really inconsistent of late after they had that big streak. Uh, right. And their relief pitching has been atrocious all year. They've blown more. And Diaz blows games when they get eight-point leads, and, and it just Gosh. doesn't seem to matter. Um, I, I, I know. Their closer situation all year has been uh, chaotic. Uh, it just seems like they can't find anybody to close that door. And it's really frustrating and, when you have pitchers that are doing, you know, the Mets have a strong rotation. Yeah, it's it, true. But the problem with it, I mean, they did have an uh, excellent rotation. Their defense isn't as strong. When you've got pitching like that, you have to have strength up the middle defensively. Right. And they're a little vulnerable balls. at shortstop, and they have an inconsistency in who's playing second base and uh, with Cano being in and out. Yeah. So, um, you know, they can play Ligaris in center field or to play these outfielders, and they're hitting 190. Yeah, so the all right, I've got to cut you off. Okay, Dolly. We get carried away when we talk about baseball. Well, <laughs> when we come back, college football and NFL on Picks and Parlays Radio. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day, 1 Pacific for Eastern and also on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. And also check out Picks and Parlays on all of your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find. All right, let's move on because it's football season and NFL is in full swing after wrapping up week one. We've got Joe Duffy joining us from, I believe, Georgia. Uh, Joe, how'd week one go for you? Uh, week one was quite interesting. College football, I wound up having Colorado, Nebraska uh, under the total. It was on pace to go well under and it went over and I'm superstitious and that, that began a mini slump. But we turned it around with the... Uh, some late stuff, including a nice Monday night. So we're still overall doing quite well in the NFL, especially going back to the preseason. But it was a, a crazy week of uh, some highs and some uh, lows. But, you know, long term, definitely a lot of highs. So you did well last night. You might be one yes, of the few I, people. I did. Ha I had the under. Well, no, I only had one play last night. It didn't go too crazy. I had the under of the uh, Raiders game, and to say the least, again, when, when it looked like it was an easy under at the end of the third, I can't remember what, exactly what the score was at the end. Of, there were only 30 points or 20 points scored after three, and if I had the, you know, over, I would have turned the game off, but the, the way things have been going for me, I'm like, oh, boy, this is going to be a sweat, even if I win, and of course, I did have to sweat it at the end, but, you know, there's an old adage, it's no fun if you, if you don't have to sweat it. Right. We saw a few of those games, but there were plenty of really interesting games in week one where a lot of people were sweating and a lot of people were losing. Uh, let's move on to week two. Uh, let's start with the Bucks and the Panthers. The, ba the Panthers, uh, if you look at the numbers, it was a 30-27 to 27 loss to the Rams, which actually doesn't look that bad on paper, but the Rams, I, I think they dominated that game. I actually watched that game because my, my husband's a Panthers fan. Uh, and then the Bucks, 
Conversely, a 31-17 loss to the 49ers where Jameis Winston, ugh, man, his de decision-making uh, has been tough as of late. A couple interceptions in that one. Uh, first thoughts on this one. What's the line uh, and the total in this one? Yeah, the Panthers are laying uh, six and a half and 49 and a half. And you're right. I was at a sports bar. I did see the end of that Panthers game uh, myself. And yeah, they definitely made it look a lot closer than it actually was. They, they lost the game fairly soundly there. And, you know, no one to totally contradict you there, Chelsea. Jameis Winston hasn't just been making bad decisions lately. He's been making bad decisions for quite a few years. And of course, well, you off the field, yeah. especially. Right. And that's and I think that's very relevant, very relevant, because Bruce Arians was brought in. He decided to come out of retirement because he felt he could work with a guy who's obviously enormously talented and an underachiever. But I think his ego, Arians ego, that is, is missing the point. Maybe even Tampa to get to hire Bruce Arians. I think Jameis clearly needs a life coach. I mean, you know, get Tony Dungy. He doesn't want to coach anymore. Hire him as a life coach, kind of like the Cowboys did a couple years ago with Calvin Hill, or there's any one of a number of guys that I think could really just work with him. And, and I don't think his problem has anything to do with mechanics or, you know, so much the decision-making on the field that he just has to decide he wants to focus more on football. So, yes, I do think the fact that his off-the-field problems uh, have been a clear issue means that, Toronto, or, um, that Tampa is addressing, I, I think, the wrong problem. But anyway, when you have two quarterbacks, look, Cam Newton, it's interesting. He's had his, his share of shoulder problems. He's changed his mechanics to try to get easier on his shoulder. And, um, you know, that's going to be a little bit a, a work in progress. So now you're talking about your husband. He's a pitcher, is, is he not? Correct. Um, and, right. And, and I'm sure he'll be the first to tell you, if you've got to change your mechanics, there's going to be an adjustment period there, whether you're a pitcher or whether you're a, a quarterback. So there are some definite question marks about both of these quarterbacks. And I do think that Newton is rehabilitating and trying to learn, um, you know, some new mechanics. That's going to be a very much a work in progress. Now, well, Carolina, we it seems like uh, the biggest part of their offense is Christian McCaffrey. Holy smokes. If you watch yeah. that game. Uh, the Panthers are in trouble if McCaffrey gets hurt because yes. he seems to be 90% of their offense, which usually when you're talking about the most important offensive player on the field, it's usually your quarterback. But McCaffrey, man, uh, I think he's going to have 1,000 yards rushing and receiving uh, this season. I think he's going to be a big factor uh, against the Bucks here. Uh, the only thing I worry about is you said they're getting seven points. Uh, six and a half, but yeah, th there is some varying juice. You could get seven with with varying juice, but six six and a half is uh, the phenomenal. Because those line. garbage time touchdowns, man, yeah. those those scare me. Like you mentioned, yeah. sweating at the end of the game uh, when these teams mm -hmm. get a lot of points, that's what worries me. Yeah, and that gets to the bigger picture, handicapping picture, where a lot of my systems are on unders, and I'll do a spoiler alert. My my pick is going to be on the under here, but I call it the psychological juice. Unders are so hard to root for because when you lose a heartbreaking total where half of the points are scored in the fourth quarter, more than half of the points, it rips your heart out. And, and some people hate to bet unders because it's so painful to lose under sometimes also just tough to root for a low scoring game but that's why most of the best systems or there's more good systems that favor the under than favor the over and and such is the case here and you know among them and i know we you know we don't have that much time maybe we got to move on to other games but the the total point scored would imply that this total is too low i have a counterintuitive system that says 
quite the opposite that if the numbers imply that it should be higher go with what the odds makers are telling you the under angle is 14 28 11 uh, 86 and 55 so I'm, my pick on this game is to go with the under the under and the bucks and panthers game you're right we do need to to yeah. surge ahead, let's go to the 49ers and the Bengals. The 49ers are coming off a 31-17 win over the Bucks. The Bengals uh, covered a big spread uh, in a 21-20 loss on the road to the Seahawks. I know a lot of people uh, lost some money on that game. Uh, thoughts on this one? What's the total and what's, uh, what's the spread? Yeah, the Bengals are laying one, a total of 45. And yeah, these were both of these teams played late last week so when i was at the sports bar i got to watch both of these games both of these teams i should say uh pretty closely now when one team has a better record and the other team has substantially more total yards on offense the team with the more yards is 47 22 and one now i know chelsea you might you might be saying wait a minute you're talking about a one game sample size but that's the point too many gamblers overreact so what this is overreaction Sunday, overreaction week in the NFL. Too many people are going to overreact. And yes, that angle very much applies in week two of the, of the year. In fact, it's 14 and six in week two uh, of uh, the year. Another one says that go with the better yards per play team is 112 and 78, 66.7%. Uh, if we're betting on the team with the, the worst record. Uh, look, there's some question marks. Is AJ Green gonna play for the Bengals? I think not. Looks like Joe Mixon, who got banged up, nice physical uh, running back, still a guy with a big upside. He got an MRI on his ankle. Turned out positive. I think he is going to play. Uh, small undefeated road underdogs against winless teams are 15-4-1 since 1991. That would favor San Francisco. Still, at the end of the day, I have a few more metrics that go with the Bengals. And I was pretty impressed. Look, I'm not all of a sudden becoming an Andy Dalton fanatic, but... They, the fact that they were using a much safer passes with Dalton, very efficient offense. Zach Taylor, we know he's a Sean McVay disciple, but I think he was building his system into the strengths of Andy Dalton, and that's what they were doing. They were doing some safe passes, and then that was softening up the defense, and then they, they throw deep. What an incredible play-calling game it was for the Bengals. I'm not ready to say this is Andy Dalton's breakout year, but I do think the I'm gonna I, I do think I, I want to ride the honeymoon period for the time being, and uh, the Bengals are my play here. Well, and the Bengals were good to start the season last year before all of those injuries, uh, so not the craziest thing. Yeah, AJ Green's out, but they still have some other pieces if they can stay healthy. Uh, let's move on to the Chargers and the Lions. Uh, Chargers coming off a 32-24 win over the Colts. The Lions coming off a tie, 27-27. To the Cardinals, and that was that shouldn't have been a tie. The Lions, I don't know how much they were leading by, but they were up by a lot, and Kyler Murray yeah. somehow staged a comeback for the Cardinals that ended in a tie. <laughs> what, what's the what's the spread in this game in the total? Now the Chargers are laying the two and a half, although it's with some juice minus one twenty. So in some places they'd be laying three, but you'd be getting back some juice, and the total's forty seven. Yeah, my, my kind of, uh, my instincts, I always like to say predictably unpredictable quarterbacks. And when I think of predictably unpredictable quarterbacks, guys who can look like second stringers one week and uh, MVP candidates the next week, both of these quarterbacks come to mind. They're, they're, they might be the first two guys that come to mind in the, in the cases of uh, Rivers 
and Stafford. So when you're talking about a two and a half or a three point road favorite, that's a fairly significant dog. And usually when I got predictably unpredictable, I, I lean towards the underdog, but not necessarily here. What you mentioned is true. I'm not as big of a situational guy in the NFL as I am in college football. Still, the Lions were crushing. I think they had at least a 15 point lead. They were crushing one of the worst teams in the league, maybe the worst team outside of uh, Miami in the league. And they wound up going overtime and of course tying that game so i can see how that game was a little bit mentally exhausting as i said maybe not in the nfl i wouldn't put as much stock as i would in something like uh, uh college football the lions were they're committed to the run they had very little success uh carry on johnson and cj anderson they combined for only 84 yards rushing and 27 carries but i still think they're going to um, stick to the game plan the counterintuitive totals angle i told you about still applies here to the under so my play here is under the 47. 47 and under in the Lions and Chargers game. And that one's in Detroit? Yes, that game is uh, in Detroit, correct. Right, because the Chargers, I mean, they were supposed to whoop up on the Colts. I don't know if that's because uh, people underestimated the Colts yeah. or if the Chargers are, you know, not that great. Uh, but that's our NFL picks. Thanks, Joe Duffy, for joining us. As always, some great stats and info. Uh, when we get back from the break, we're talking college football and maybe some different, different factors, as you were mentioning, uh, when betting some of those games. We'll be back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day at 1 Pacific for Eastern. And also, don't forget, we have a nice little YouTube page with all kinds of previews for games. So if we don't talk about something on the, the radio or the show, uh, never fear. It's probably on our YouTube page. So if you want to bet any other games, don't worry. We've got you covered. Right now, let's get to college football. It is week three. College football is rolling right along. Before you know it, it's going to be playoff season. We've got Craig Trapp joining us. Hello, Craig. And how did week one go, or week two, excuse me. How did week two go for you? Well, it's been a great start to college football, nine and three uh, run. So I crossed my fingers. It continues uh, last weekend, uh, two and one. I really didn't have a huge amount of games last weekend, but really excited about the games this weekend. I have uh, three for sure and probably four uh, top plays this week. Right. We don't have any top 25 matchups this week, but that's not to say there aren't going to be good football games on. Uh, we've got two rivalry games, but let's start with North Carolina Wake Forest. These are two teams that have kind of surprised people, North Carolina in general. Uh, first off, beating South Carolina and then that close game with Miami, which I lost some money on because I like to bet against North Carolina because I went to NC State and I hate the Tar Heels. <laughs> but uh, emotions aside, uh, what's the spread and the total in this UNC Wake game? Interesting. This is the Thursday night game, the featured really Thursday night game. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Friday. No Thursday games again this week, but the Friday uh, night game. Uh, UNC at Wake. We see Wake as a three-point favorite right now. That line opened at three and a half, so it was actually bet down. And the total at 64 and a half when it opened. Now it's all the way up to 67. Looks like a lot of people think uh, UNC is going to keep up the scoring and uh, Wake's going to pour on some points here too. Right. Uh, Wake Forest, they seem to have a better offense than they have in the past. What did you say the, the, the line for the over-under was? 67 and a half right now. Oh, wow. 
That's a lot high, of points. right? <laughs> that's a, that is a whole lot of points. Well, but you're coming a Wake Forest team that's coming off of 41 and 38, uh, and, and even in the bowl game last year, put up 37, and then uh, the game before that, they put up 59 at Duke. Now, granted, this team isn't exactly the same, but a lot of the same uh, scheme here. And I think Newman continues to put up points, six TDs and zero interceptions so far. Right. That's a great completion percentage. Uh, obviously, you know, those are stats you like to have. When it comes to North Carolina, do you think they have another win uh, in their, well, I guess, do you think they can cover at least in this weight game? I think either North Carolina wins outright uh, and pulls the, the another upset or uh, they get blown out. I just don't think they're going to be able to probably score with Wake um, at, at the high, the phonetic uh, points that Wake can put up. So I think Wake, if you think this one goes over, I think you got to play Wake. I think if you think it goes under, maybe you put, uh, put it with UNC. I just think that's the way this game's going to go. North Carolina needs to keep it a little lower scoring. And uh, I think that's they're going to be hard-pressed to do that. I just think this Wake Forest team at home is a pretty good play here to me. So you're taking Wake? Yeah, I'm going to take Wake uh, minus the three. I just think Wake is, is the, at home is a better scoring team. And I like this at three. I, that, that three and a half always makes me nervous because you just see so many games in college football end um, by a field goal. So right. I like that that's been bet down. If you're going to bet this game, uh, this it's Tuesday when we're doing this video, I would bet it now uh, at three because, you know, a lot of times we see the money come in for the favorite uh, uh, right before game time. All right, let's move on to Pitt and Penn State. This is a rivalry game, although it's been very lopsided in the past two years. Penn State has outscored Pitt 84-20 to in their past two meetings, including that 51-6 to drubbing last season. James Franklin having no mercy for the Pitt Panthers. Uh, what's the spread and the total in this one? Uh, the spread is 17, opened at 17, still at 17. Uh, the total open at 54, and it's still at 54 at most spots. I do see a few uh, 53 and a half, like a Caesar Sportsbook, but most of the places still at 54. So I would think uh, this one will get a lot of action. I would think uh, Penn State will, will probably uh, end up going off maybe more than 17. I just think Penn State has been very impressive, and you know Pitt has not been so uh, impressive so far, and I think uh, that will be shown in the betting in this one. And you know this historically has not been. Uh, uh, good for Pitt. I mean, uh, the last two years, at least, let's say 33 to 14 and 51 to six the last two years. And I think it's another uh, Penn State one-sided game. I think 17 points is a little much. So we're going to be looking at the total in this one as our free play. Well, in Penn State, uh, wasn't wasn't that the game against Buffalo where they were favored by a ton and they somehow ended up managing to cover? Yes. 45 to 13 they won, but going into the fourth quarter, it uh, did not look like they were going to cover that 31 and a half point line, but uh, did pull off a miracle cover for uh, if you were if you were laying the big number with Penn State um, against Buffalo at home last week. Right, that one was crazy because I remember looking at the score and thinking, oh man, uh, Buffalo or they weren't even supposed to be in it, and Penn State somehow came back and covered that enormous spread. So, do you see that happening maybe in this game? Uh, I know you mentioned uh, looking at the total, but if you were betting just uh, these two teams, uh, do you see any way that Penn State covers that? Because I will say, uh, we see coaching personalities sometimes make a difference, and I think James Franklin is one of those guys that does not mind running up the score, especially when it comes to a rival. When you're playing a rival, you either have ultimate respect 
and you maybe you know run it into line and punt at the end of the game. Kind of like we saw the New England Patriots, I think, did to the Steelers. Uh, you know, they're like, maybe we'll play this team down the road uh, in the playoffs. We don't need to show any anything more. I think this is not that type of coach. I think Penn State no. uh, and James Franklin likes to pour it on. They did it last year. I think they could do it again this year. I do think they cover the 17 points, but I think the better play is the over. I just think Penn State's offense on a roll right now. 45 points last week, 79 points against Idaho in the opening one. Last year, they scored... 51 points uh, in this one. So I, you know, uh, a couple years back, uh, three years back, they uh, head to head, they scored 39. So that, that game was 42 to 39. Two of the last three years have gone over in this matchup. I think it's three in a row. I think Pitt uh, scores 40 plus and easily pushes this one over the total of 54. You think Pitt scores 40 plus? I'm sorry, Penn State. Penn State oh, scores. 40 I was plus. like, wow. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> expecting a hundred. No, Sean Clifford, it, you know, he's been he's been great. I mean, I kind of thought they might have a, uh, a a letdown off of, but their quarterback play continues to be great after McSorley uh, left. And I think Sean Clifford, six TDs, zero interceptions, of course, a big step up in competition this week, but I do think he'll, he'll continue to be good. I think Penn State can score and score in bunches. I think Penn will do, Pitt will do their part. I don't know. They're definitely not getting 40. I did misspeak on that. Penn State gets 40. Pitt... I think scores, uh, you know, in the low 20s, and I think that pushes this one well over the total. All right, let's move on to Iowa and Iowa State. This one is another huge rivalry game, and I believe the spread is nowhere near 17 uh, in this one because it's supposed to be a lot closer of a game. Even though Iowa State did not look fairly impressive in their first game of the season, 29-26, and it took three overtimes to beat Northern Iowa, and then they had a bye week, which... You know, coming off a bye week, normally the theory would be they have extra time to prepare, but they had the whole offseason to prepare for Northern Iowa, and we saw how that turned out. So it makes me not have a whole lot of faith in Iowa State, even though they were one of those teams that a lot of people talked about uh, as being dark horse contenders uh, in their division. Iowa, meanwhile, uh, normally a powerhouse, and they have beaten Iowa State, I believe, last week or uh, last year. And I think as far as the rivalry goes, it's mostly Iowa. Uh, what are you seeing in this one? Well, the interesting, this line opened. Obviously, game day is going to be there for ESPN this week. So uh, add a little extra fuel to what will already be a huge, huge uh, matchup, and like you said, in this rivalry. Iowa State opened as a three-point favorite with the total at 46-and-a-half. Now Iowa State is a two-and-a-half-point underdog. So we've seen almost a six-point line movement. That is huge. You don't see that very often. And the total in this one has went from 46 and a half to 44 and a half. I think that tells you um, how impressive Iowa has played so far. Their defense has been really, really good. And I think it also speaks to, like you said, when Iowa State struggled in the opening game against in-state rival uh, Northern Iowa. Right. And to start the season, Iowa State was ranked in the top 25. That is no longer the case. And although they have not had another game to prove themselves I think that shows you when it comes to the AP voters where their faith lies in Iowa State so what's your play in this one well first of all when you look at last year uh, Iowa won 13 to 3 uh, remember the year before was that huge that really exciting Iowa win 44 to 41 uh, and then the year before Iowa won 42 to 3 so we've seen Iowa win um, the last three matchups but uh, two of them have been pretty close one blowout you know, I hate I hate having a home dog. 
uh, betting against them. But I have to take Iowa here. I just think Iowa's defense has been out of this world. And I think that's going to dominate just like it did last year. And obviously it'll be a little tougher on the road. But I think Iowa um, with Nate Stanley at quarterback will do plenty here to get this win and to make it forced. Well, actually, more than that, this will be the uh, five in a row um, that they won in this series. Right. Iowa traditionally has had a tough defense. And didn't you say last year it was a low-scoring affair? Yeah, 13-3 to last year. Also, they covered. Uh, that spread was 3.5. They've actually covered Iowa three of the last four years. They're 3-1 and one against the spread. I think this year they make it 4-1. and one. And I think uh, Iowa's that team this year, I think, in the Big Ten that might be the team that could uh, pull the upset of Ohio State after looking at uh, – I guess maybe Penn State, but after looking at Michigan, I don't think that's happening this year. I think this team is maybe the only team that could do so with a great defense. What'd you think of that Michigan game? Oh. <laughs> I bet I Ohio mean, State fan. So I know you're not an Ohio State fan, but I'm sure Ohio State fans really were invested in that game. I, you can't put too much stock in these early games, but when you, I mean, when you almost lose to Army at home, uh, I think if you're any team in the Big Ten, I think you have to uh, – you put up the, oh, no, not again type thing, and Jim Harbaugh might be on the hot seat. But Iowa, just the opposite. I think Iowa is way better than I thought. Last week I thought I kind of thought North or, uh, Rutgers had a chance to cover there. It was a big number. Not the case. Iowa shut them out, and that defense, I think, continues to flex this week, even though it's a rivalry game. I think the uh, third straight week where they hold – their foe under 14, which first week they, they held Miami to 14 points too. Right. Who do you think uh, is your favorite for the Big Ten so far after, what, two weeks? I mean, obviously you have to go with Ohio State, but I, I would say Wisconsin on the other side, I, I think they're not, um, you know, I think they're going to be tough. I think I think this Iowa team is going to be good. And, you know, I think it, we're going to see this week Penn State because they haven't faced anybody yet. If Penn State can uh, do what they did, the first two weeks against, I think, a, not a terrible team. They're not great, but I think they're they're at least um, a power conference team. And I think if they do that this week, you'd have to consider Penn State a, a kind of a worry for Ohio State. Right. I wanted to doubt Ohio State uh, just because Justin Fields is a, a new quarterback and you never know what you're going to get with a new quarterback, uh, a new head coach. But, man, have they looked impressive. And then Michigan was supposed to be the team that everybody thought could challenge for them. Uh, but Jim Harbaugh, man, is he overrated? Yeah. Is that fair to say? <laughs> well, this I early a, in the season? I, a, I have a friend that uh, will say that Jim Harbaugh is the most overrated coach in football, both NFL and college football. I don't quite think maybe go that far, but I do think Jim Harbaugh has not won a big game since he's been at Michigan, not only against Ohio State, but the bowl games. I mean, they're just getting demolished in bowl games. Um, and, you know, of course, obviously, Penn or, uh Michigan goes to a big goal ball every year. So it's like, I, it's harder to argue year in, year out. If they, he loses this year, I, I think you got to move on. I hate to say that. Right. But I think He's that's a big case. name, but I think he gets more credit uh, just because of his name. He really hasn't proven anything, uh, like you said, since being at Michigan. And that's going to put a bow on our college football talk. We are back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio with all of our picks, a nice little recap if you haven't been paying attention. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays.
And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We have not forgotten about you guys watching and joining us that way because we do stream the show live every weekday, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. If you want to see the faces behind the voices, uh, we're there in that capacity as well. Uh, and also... You know what? It's been a great show. We had plenty to cover, even though it's a Tuesday, and even though there's not football on tonight, there's still baseball on. And let's recap our daily baseball picks with Chip Cherimbus. We had three games on slate today, and here are our picks. Uh, Atlanta at Philadelphia were taking the Braves, despite being big favorites, 165 uh, on that one. Uh, but Atlanta, their lineup has been really hot, and as a team, as a whole, they've been really good since the All-Star break. Arizona at the New York Mets, taking Arizona in this one plus 125 because Zach Gallen has been really good for the Diamondbacks on the mound. Pittsburgh at San Francisco, taking the over in that one. Johnny Cueto uh, back on the mound for the Giants for the first time in a year and a half. Should be interesting to watch. Moving on to our NFL picks with Joe Duffy. Bucks at Panthers taking the under in that one. 49 and a half is the over-under. 49ers at Bengals taking the Bengals minus one. Chargers at Lions taking the under at 47. And finally, college football week three with Craig Trapp. UNC at Wake Forest, that ACC matchup taking Wake at minus three. Pitt at Penn State. Taking the over to hit 54 in that rivalry game. Iowa and Iowa State, another big rivalry matchup. Taking Iowa to win that one, or at least cover, minus two and a half. Those are all of our picks for the day. And as always, we'll see you back here tomorrow at the same time. 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, bet, win, repeat. We're back tomorrow on Picks and Parlays Radio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.